Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Liam, we are back. Indeed we are. What are you thankful for this morning, Liam? This morning, I didn't get a chance to say this yesterday, um, but I am very, very thankful that Daylight Savings has ended Right, and now the battle begins. We've yes. been waiting for this. Yes, indeed. Okay, so you've got the North Queenslander versus the Tasmanian. Yes. Meeting in the middle, which is Newcastle right here, having an argument over daylight saving. Okay, what are the disadvantages of daylight saving? I remember when I was little, when I was younger, yes. I especially disliked it because um, I would often be put to bed and the sun would still be shining. Okay, so I went through this in Tasmania. Of course, the sun doesn't go down until 10 o'clock in the evening during daylight saving. But there's this invention, and it's really amazing. It's called curtains. But you still get light through. And, and the light that cracks through tells the little brain inside my head when I was little, it's still playtime. Okay, but now you're not little anymore, so... Now, well, it's it just ingrained it in my head. Um, but I've... I'll, I'll touch a little bit more on this in my story because there are some specifics of it. But think of the productivity the pr- and the, think of what it does to the economy. I mean, daylight saving is just such a massive boost to the economy every year. I, I haven't got... I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit more um, after the break. Okay. But I've right. got a couple more points. You're going to get, get me started on a rant here in a minute. Yeah. What are you thankful for this morning? I, I, am, I, am, uh, I am thankful that I get to have a rant with you about daylight saving. <laughs> the it, war is it, going to it's happen. It's not finished yet. It's not over yet. We, we still have more. But um, I've got some very valid points, I think. And um, okay, yeah, Let, bring it. I, I bring think it. you. I think you may agree with some of them, but we'll I, see how we go. Yeah, I, I kind of doubt it, but you know, <laughs> this is this is an argument I've had with all my co-hosts. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. So as we heard, I've got daylight savings coming up. We do. I've also got some other stories as well. I've got baby stories. I had a couple of baby stories last week. These are some more recent baby stories, so more of that. And I've got uh, yeah some other good stories as well. Okay, I'm going to be, we're going to be travelling to uh, Sweden and New York looking at two different methods of controlling the virus.
That was Lee Nash with Saviour Like a Shepherd Lead Us. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We're about to have a debate about daylight savings, so We are indeed. But first... Which I'm going to (laughs) win. We'll see. (laughs) But first, our quiz for this morning. It is a... What number am I? So, clue number one. The number of lepers accredited with saving Samaria from starvation. How many lepers were accredited with saving Samaria for salvation for from starvation? That is correct. So, if you think you know the answer to this question, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or send us a text with the correct answer at 0491-064-669. And if you are the first person in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of Planet Still in Rebellion by George Vanderman. Um, which I think is especially relevant in today's times because it helps us understand why these crazy things are happening in the world. Indeed. So if you know the answer, call us right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and that prize will be coming your direction. All right. The time we've been waiting for. Bring it. Let's do it. So It's going to happen. The biggest issue that I have with daylight savings is the name of it. Right. Okay. Um, Okay. And I've, I've heard a couple of names... Um, chucked around for, for the name of Daylight Savings. No, Daylight Savings, Daylight Losing. My favourite is Daylight Wasting because both the names... I'll start off with Daylight Savings. Daylight Savings implies that what you can do is get the daylight, put it in a jar, put it in the cupboard and save it for a rainy day. Daylight Losing implies that that jar that you put in the cupboard, you can lose it. Yes. And, and you can't get it back. Right. That's why I think that Daylight Wasting is the most appropriate because that's what often happens. Most of the time, people, that, that when the time gets shifted, people waste this, this extra hour of daylight that they've been gifted. And it's, yeah, if, if people waste it, I don't see the point of it. Well, if that was the case, you know, across the board, then I guess, you know, there wouldn't be such a strong argument for it. But here comes my argument. Here we go. Here it is. Here it is. Arguments in favour of daylight saving. Here they come. First of all, daylight saving is good for your mental health. Okay, Oops. the reason that the reason for that is because it gets you up earlier in the morning if you are somebody who um, you know has a job and so forth and has to go to work. Yep. And the earlier you get up in the morning, the more of that early sunlight you get into your eyes, which is incredibly good for your mental health. Right. Okay, so it's going to uh, improve our mental health. Uh, the second thing is good for the economy because it increases increases productivity because those extra hours of daylight that you have mean that there is so much more that you can get done in a day in a productive way. Right. Because the reality is that you can work under lights, but you can never be as productive under lights as what you can under natural light. Third thing is, um, and that of course is, uh, well, we already talked about uh, productivity. Um, the fourth thing then is the environment. This is exceptionally good for the environment because when you have people starting earlier in the morning, uh, when the sun is up rather than sleeping in during those hours, and um, you're using a whole lot less um, electricity and resources because you have less lighting and all that kind of thing that is taking place. The fifth thing that I'm going to mention that is positive about daylight saving is that it is good for your physical health. Right. So, for instance, the early morning light releases hormones into your body that protect you from the midday sun. Of course, you don't get that if you are not forced to get up early in the morning and get those extra hours of early morning light. If you're just simply sleeping in because... 
like they do in Queensland, work doesn't start until halfway through the day. Then we are a bit slow up there, aren't we? <laughs> we just defended all the Queenslanders. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Then but I've got one more thing. Okay, farmers. Okay, cows yes. don't do daylight don't do daylight savings. And and it surely that would affect the way that work happens at the farm. No. How is that going to affect work? Work, ha- work happens at the farm. The cows just—if you're running a dairy farm, which is only, the only kind of cow farm that's relevant to this conversation—the yes. cows are going to stay on their schedule year round. We get that. Yes, but you've got an extra hour of daylight before their schedule kicks in that you can get things done, and then you've got an extra hour of daylight again in the evening. Um, where you can get more things done and daylight saving is more relevant for people who are on the land than for probably any other industry. Mm. See, I state this as somebody who used to uh, milk cows and goats, by the way, and uh, used to live on the land. Right. Well, I, I, look, I think it's still up in the air. I think it's still up in the air. Now, here's what I believe in relationship to daylight saving. Daylight saving should be should be cut off not at the border with Queensland. That's ridiculous. Cut it off at the uh, Tropic of Capricorn. That's where it makes sense. Cut it off at Rockhampton because that's where it makes sense. Because not really having any effect north of the Tropic of Capricorn. No. But once you get down to Tasmania, you know, Tasmania should have two hours of daylight saving. Yeah, all the places that I've lived, daylight saving has a negative effect. Like in Perth, we're already how many south hours. of the Tropic of Capricorn, but we're so. still like a bunch of hours behind everyone, and we don't want to be even further behind in Perth. Yeah, Being Perth three is just, hours Perth behind is just, is just a different country anyway. So why worry about just it? as much as Tasmania just, is? You know. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's stay here. Uh, well, no, I, 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 look, I have a feeling we're going to come back to this at some point. In, oh, yes. In the future. It, my, my the, favorite the, subjects. The debate. Give us a call. Give us a call. Tell us what your opinion is. 1 800 324. Let's do a bit of are a you, poll are here. Are you in favor or not in favor? Yeah. Or text us on 0491 064669. Now, babies. Okay, babies. Ba- babies, babies, babies. Um, in India, there, are, there, there has recently been two babies born to a couple, twins. And oh, do you want to have a guess at what their parents named their children? There was a boy and a girl. Yeah, no idea. Um, so I'll, I'll just give a bit of a backstory for this story. There was a lot of train and uh, pain and troubles, and it's been uh, in India currently. They're in the middle of a twenty-one day lockdown. Yes, they named their children COVID and Corona. Oh, really? yeah, yes, and I, I just got it. Got me. That's thinking. kind of. It got me thinking. That's kind of is it really bringing up the the odd baby names again. Okay, so 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 I need to understand the culture behind this. I don't know if it's actually got. I, I can't confirm or deny whether it's got um, any cultural relevance. However, I do. The, the, there was the couple said that the names reminded them of the hardships that they faced during the lockdown and ahead of their successful delivery in a government hospital last week. Okay. Um, so yeah. It's just trying times and to remind them that there's... I don't know how it reminds them. Maybe one day in the future they'll think, oh, coronavirus, that was a bad time, but we got out of it, ideally. We haven't gotten there yet, but, you know... I believe we will. We well, it kind, of comes, it kind of comes to the thing, you know, is Toyota ever going to bring back the Corona brand? I don't know. You know, because, I mean, my brother used to own a Toyota Corona and that was a, um, a very successful car I, back another, in the day. Another and, Corona brand has and, recently shut down. That I reckon you'd be in favour of, because it simply means crown, which is kind of a nice name. Yes, 
But the the another recent one that I saw closing down was the Corona alcoholic beverage. Oh, really? I, they I they re, re, renamed it? No, no, I don't think they renamed it. I think they just shut their, their production down for the oh, time yeah. being. Yep. Um, but it got me thinking, there's some other names, some crazy names. Absidy. Have you heard of that one? Absidy. Do you know no. how you spell... And now the name Absidy on its own doesn't sound too terrible. No. But do you know how you spell Absidy? Uh, no. A-B-C-D-E. That's kind of that's kind of cool. I don't mind that. Another Absidy. one that I saw. Yeah, I, I I could live with that. Another one I saw was um, there's a rapper in America. So this is celebrity names. He named his child Snow uh, Cozart. That on its own isn't too bad, but his middle name was a promotional stunt. He named it Filmon.com. <laughs> oh yeah, nah, that's poor kid. They shouldn't be doing that. Uh, Snow is a nice name. Yeah. I like that. That's that's a cool name. I do have a bunch more, but but I don't know if we got enough time, but. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Okay, baby names. Names get pretty crazy. If you've got some uh, creative baby name ideas, give us a call. Let us know what your thoughts there are. There was a man, they called him Jesus, walked the shores of Galilee. He healed the sick and calmed the waters, made the blind eye to see. He raised the dead and cleansed the leper. The power to set men free, but best of all, he went to Calvary, let it die for you and me. I want to walk, walk like Jesus, I want to talk, talk like Jesus, I want to be, I want to be just, like my Lord. just like my Lord. I want to help my neighbor, my fellow man. pour him labor. I want to spread, I want my life so to spread his word. I want to sing, I want to shout, to heal the world. I want to tell, I want to tell the world about his love. I want to walk, walk like Jesus, I want to talk, talk like Jesus. I want to be, I want to be. Just like my Lord, I wish that I could have been with him when he stepped out on the sea and heard him say to Simon Peter, Come, my son, and follow me. Well, soon the dawn will break around us, and his face we shall behold. Oh, what a time!
Welcome back, everybody. That was the Emmanuel Quartet, I Want to Be Like My Lord. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and somebody's texted in to say that they're sad that daylight saving is we ended did because now they miss the end of The Breakfast they're Show. They're from Queensland, and they used to listen between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. They used to get in the car at 8 a.m. to go to work. To And yeah, now they, get, they still get in the car at 8 a.m. to go to work, but because... Queen, There's this great invention that's called Bluetooth. Add the card. Uh, the card that they drive doesn't have Bluetooth. There's another one that's called the auxiliary cord. I don't think it's. Oh, actually. And there's another one not. that's called a tape insert. If you have a tape player, she doesn't have that. Okay. I mean, I don't know this person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this may or may not be your mum. I love you, mum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Liam. Yes, indeed. Oh, hang on. Next clue. Next I clue. About that. Um, so, the number of times Zacchaeus would pay back anybody he cheated. Okay. How many times did Zacchaeus pay back the people that he cheated? If you know the answer to this question, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can send us a text at 0491... Uh, sorry, yeah, 0491 And, of course, if you are the first person in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of Planet Still in Rebellion by George Venderman. Okay, so this comes from Paul. I'm not sure... Uh, what Paul's last name is, but it's definitely worth sharing, so I'm going to share it with you. A smile can be very contagious, just like the flu. Um, so this, yeah, okay. I mean, I'll start again. A smile can be very contagious, just like the flu. Someone smiled at me today. I started smiling too. When I went around the corner, this guy seen my grin. When he started smiling, I knew. I pasted it onto him. Then I got to thinking just what a smile is worth. A smile like ours can travel all around the earth. If you feel a smile coming on, don't keep it undetected. Smile at someone next to you. And we will get the whole darn world infected. There you go. How good. That's really nice. And apparently this was uh, something that was uploaded to uh, TikTok. So there you go. (laughs) TikTok. Okay, so more serious news from around the world. What have we got? I just thought I'd share that with you because we need to have a smile on our face today. Uh, but there are some uh, rather, yeah. Do you know what TikTok is? It's a social media thing. I don't have not involved myself with it yet. Are you on TikTok? I'm not. No, I've okay. not been yeah. infected I've, yet. I've, bunch of bunch of friends that are infected with TikTok. <laughs> okay, so El Plata just got uh, fined in Victoria for uh, drive doing a driving lesson. Um, and two people in the Hunter Valley just got fined for sitting in their car together uh, for breaking quarantine rules. Um, their their fine was because they were had been driving without a reasonable excuse. Aimlessly driving. Yes. And so, yeah, they don't want uh, the virus spreading through petrol pumps. And so the more you stay at home, the less that you will spread the disease. And these are all considered to be unnecessary forms of... Uh, driving. You know, this really this hit me on the weekend. I decided to go for a drive to Sugarloaf Mountain near the uh, just up the yeah. road here. Yeah, and that's and, illegal. And I, I drove in, and it, it was all fine to go in. And I got out to go for a walk, and there was this the, the entry sign said that you're not allowed to walk. That's right. And I was like, oh, you got to be joking. Yep. So then I was like, oh, fair enough. And I got in my car, I went to go to the local park because I was going to um, just go for a bit of a run. But again, that was closed, and even then, there were still some people there in the specific, the specific area that I wanted to be running, and I just sat in the car, and I realized that I am 
aimlessly driving around. And so I just, you know, I, I, I've got to go home. That's it. That's and it, it was really... It, it, so you exercise from your house. So outdoor exercise is not banned, but going somewhere to exercise is. What about exercising from your house and going somewhere whilst exercising? Yeah, there's no, no problem with... As far as my understanding of the legislation is, if you go for a run and your run ends up somewhere... Yeah then That's that is fine. not against the rules. Uh, it is important, of course, that you wear exercise clothing to publicly show that you are moving for the purpose of exercise. Uh, but it does go to show how, how seriously Australia is uh, starting to lock down. We haven't gone to uh, you know the next stage of lockdowns yet, but the fines are now being handed out. Of course, the High Court's going to hand down its decision on Cardinal Pell today. It will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Boris Johnson, head of state in intensive care. I think we might probably mentioned that in the news already. But you were going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say that I think George Pell would probably be glad that the coronavirus is happening right now because it takes all the attention away from him. But do not fear, people still are monitoring and making sure that justice is served. Indeed. Okay, so we are also on the verge of uh, Passover, Easter and Ramadan. Indeed. And this is going to create uh, interesting uh, environments for our religious community. Of course, Jews are coming up with Passover. And for Orthodox Jews, they don't use electronic equipment on the Sabbath day. So the Sabbath day goes from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. And during that time, they don't use electronic equipment. And so they don't have the opportunity that we have uh, as Christians to um, online streaming church. Are they going to make an exception? No, no, no. There's no exceptions. Really? Um, Are they just going to do it in their own homes? So basically what they're doing is they're doing Passover in their own homes. And so, you know, a lot of people, rather than having 20 or 30 people around for Passover, will be just down to their their family group. Uh, The synagogue is, um, you know, streaming prayers and worship and, you know... um, and scripture reading and so forth in the days before leading up to it so that people can spiritually prepare for it. Uh, Then if you go to Easter, and of course, you know, in Protestant churches like uh, my church, Easter's not such a strong tradition. Um, You know, some congregations don't even really do anything particularly special over Easter. My local congregation always puts on a big Easter service. See, um, where I come from, in Perth, Easter is a big celebration because that's when we have our big camp. Oh, of course. And so it's it's one of the biggest times on the calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I had originally wait, wait, wait. planned to be in Perth this week yeah. to, to go to big camp. But uh, unfortunately, due to coronavirus, that's not, not happening. happening. So if you go to churches like the Greek Orthodox Church, for instance, where um, they have much, much stronger Easter, Easter traditions and rituals, then of course that is going to... Uh, be taking place online, and in a way, they're going to do it in a way so that the uh, celebrants can follow along at home, and having their family present via video, because typically this is when uh, you know Greek people and Orthodox Christians get together for uh, family time. Then, of course, you have Ramadan, which is coming up, and this is within our Muslim community. Uh, big feature of Ramadan, of course, is uh, iftar dinners, which comes at the at the break of the fast, at the end of the uh, at sunset. And those iftar dinners will be just family this year. Yeah. Uh, but Ramadan also ends with a very big and special worship service in the, the local mosque. And that's going to be all via live stream this year. So, uh, yeah, things are, things are different in, it, it, as we lead up to this time of year where there's a lot of religious celebration yeah, Different cultures place. have to adapt and overcome. Now, I thought this was interesting, this story coming out of Sweden. Uh, so Sweden has taken a very, very different approach to the coronavirus crisis. Um, they they've, reduced, they've reduced gatherings 
to uh, no more than fifty people. So they're still they're still got a, a not minuscule number, but not a huge number. Well, they've got uh, they've got half the population of Australia. They've got twice as many infections and twice as many deaths. Right. Okay. So basically, what they're doing is they're placing their elderly into lockdown and having very very few restrictions on everybody else. Now. This is either going to be genius or it's going to be a horror story. Yeah. They could be a week behind Italy or they could be, a, you know, they could, they could be, we, we will see. But their philosophy goes like this, that we are beyond the capability of government to do anything to stop the spread without a vaccine. Yep. Um, and that the virus is going to go through the community regardless of what we do. Right. And so therefore the best way to fight it is to fight it with a strong economy that can create good health care. Right. Because they're saying if they shut their economy down, they won't be able to produce what they need to be able to fight the disease through health care and that a one-year or 18-month lockdown will destroy society and a four-month lockdown um, without a vaccine is just going to create a re-emergence and further lockdowns because not enough people have caught the virus to create herd immunity. Yes. So they're kind of going for herd immunity by catching the virus and getting over it and keeping a strong economy so that they can use their economy. They're going, the plan is to fight the virus with their economy. I see. Yeah, so you, you, I know everybody. My head, my head is turning and turning and turning, <laughs> trying to work out what's going on. Okay, but they could be uh, following New York, where they have freezer trucks in the streets, and they're turning Central Park into a cemetery right now as we speak. So that could be rather grim. This is Janine Orwa. Mirror, stop telling me lies. You're making me despise The wonderful creation God made me to be Lord help me recognize I'm precious in your sight Jesus help me see Your love for me about 
listening to Jane and Orwa with Mirror Mirror. This is The Breakfast Show and we are about to have another clue for our quiz. Indeed. Thank you, Dokey. So, another number. This uh, Again, this is what number am I? The soldiers divided Jesus' outer garments into this many shares. So, how many How many different... Yeah, that's a bit of an obscure one. It but, is indeed. Well, maybe it's not. I don't know. It's just obscure to me. But anyway, the number to call is 1-800-324-843. That is 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer and there is a prize coming your way. Joining us on the phone this morning is one of our regulars, monthly regulars, Dr. John Ashton. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Yeah, happy to be on. Now, Dr. John Ashton, you're a, you're a, your, your, your area of expertise is in uh, chemistry and food chemistry, is that right? Uh, well, yes, chemistry, general chemistry and biochemistry. Bio- yeah. Biochemistry, yeah, that was kind of the, uh, the words that I was, I was looking for there. But uh, um, now I'm just wondering whether you're able to share with us, because we've had you know, some medical professionals that have come on and talked about the coronavirus, uh, but you talk to us regularly about uh, creation versus evolution. I'm wondering whether we can talk about viruses this morning. In, in a creation scenario... Why do viruses even exist? Where do they come from? And, and, you know, why is our world being affected in the way it is right now? Hmm. <laughs> well, I can't answer a question so much where, where they did come from, uh, except that they were possibly part of the original creation. This seems to be um, a very reasonable assumption uh, because we now know that also bacteria 
are part of um, uh, the healthy ecosystem. So when God created uh, life, and, uh, and of course on the fourth, on the third day, God created the uh, plants um, on the uh, surface of the earth there. And of course, later on, God and, and of course, there were the birds and uh, those uh, creatures created then. So the um, so when we had and, and probably the um, the insects, I'm just trying to think. Oh, well, the birds created on the fifth day. Can't remember now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the so when when the different we have what we call the ecosystems. We know that they're independent. So that we. See the plants and the um, birds, uh, the insects. There's a there's an entire balance there, and it's very interesting that um, you know some of the uh, theological experts are saying, well, look, the, the main when we talk about death, we're not talking about the death of bacteria. We're not talking about the death of insects. In that, um, I've read a, an article where it's Death refers to animals that sort of have the, what they call the breath of life in them and perhaps, you know, circulatory systems similar to, to us. Because otherwise you have, you know, a very interesting question, you know, did humans defecate? Because, you know, defecate is um, the removal of a whole lot of, you know, bacteria and, and this sort of thing. So we run into some very interesting systems but or very interesting problems, but if we... If we consider that, you know, bacteria did die back then, we know that bacteria reproduce very rapidly, you know, every 20 to 30 minutes, many bacteria uh, reproduce double in, in number. And so very quickly, the number of bacteria on the earth would just, um, you know, overtake the earth. The earth would become full of bacteria. And so just as we see a balance in nature with the spiders controlling insects and birds control and wasps controlling spider levels, there's this whole balance there because, um, you know, there's a whole lot of evidence that um, these insects don't feel pain. They don't sense death the, the same way. Um, for example, if they've taken uh, insects um, and sort of cut their heads off and yet they the heads still continue to feed and continue on naturally. So we, this is, you know, part of trying to understand the original creation. Now, viruses play an important role in controlling bacteria. And so what a virus can do with a bacteria, have there are viruses, or particularly viruses which we call bacteriophages, that can, they go into a bacteria and they can they can split it open, and therefore the bacteria releases its nutrients. Now this is quite important for us because, as we understand, not only in us but in many um, insects and um, and different other animals, as they have food, those foods are partly broken down by bacteria in their digestive system, and then the viruses play a role in breaking open the bacteria that then release the nutrients that are then available to the animal. So we can see that viruses play an important part in the in the ecosystem. Now, the other interesting aspect is that there, we, we have viruses that live on our skin. We have viruses that live in our, our body. And, and matter of fact, there's a, we call that the virome. So a lot of people now have heard of the microbiome, which considers our bacteria. 
um, and all the important bacteria that is essential for we understand now for a healthy life, at least listening, uh, uh, living in the world post-flood. And so we also have a virome, uh, and scientists are, are studying that. Well, only about, uh, from memory, about 5,000 viruses have been characterised, but we know that there are a lot more. Now, one of the interesting things is, from what I understand reading about the current coronavirus situation, is that the main viruses, or pretty well all the viruses that, that seem to be harmful to humans, have originated in other species. And so viruses that can jump from one species to another are called zoonotics, Z-O-O-N-O-T-I-C-S, zoonotics. And these are the viruses that are particularly dangerous. And I think, um, for example, we know that the HIV uh, virus believed, believed to have come from a particular species of monkey. The, um, the original SARS virus uh, was believed to have uh, come from, from that. Now, we don't know a lot about the COVID-19, but you see those little pictures on the television that shows little spikes, you know, you've got a little ball with mm. spikes on mm-hmm. it. Now. Yeah. The reason why I show that is that viruses, again, I suppose if you've had other people talking about viruses, viruses of themselves are not a living entity. They're simply a, a little piece of, um, well, I say simply, <laughs> they're a piece of DNA or RNA or genetic code, a little piece of genetic code that is in, uh, coded with some, some proteins. And what they can do is they can activate, um, uh, get into a cell, activate uh, DNA mechanisms in the cell and, and reproduce themselves. So they hijack the reproductive mechanism within a cell to reproduce themselves. Now, with the COVID virus, it actually is a virus that, or, or as well as having the protein coat, has a coat of fat as well, a lipid around the outside. And those little spikes um, are little proteins that are sticking out uh, through the through the fat, little pieces of protein. Now, while we're still studying a whole lot about the uh, COVID nineteen. If we look at the SARS virus, which is um, which is a similar type of uh, zoonotic uh, virus, um, one of those uh, little uh, the some of these viruses carry what we call virulence factors, um, and this is probably the case with COVID nineteen. Now, these virulence factors um, are little uh, factors within the code that, and one of the ones, for example, in in, in SARS is that it suppresses the early warning immune system factor called interferon. So in other words, when the vi- when, when a virus comes into us that is foreign to us, that's not meant to be here, normally it would trigger uh, an immune response. But this is a particularly, uh, this virus has an immune suppression response uh, there. And so it actually, when it comes in, it actually switches down our immune system early on, the early on part of our immune system. And that's why it makes it's quite dangerous. Now, we can see, well, why why does, you know, why would God allow that to happen? Well, the reason why it is allowed to happen is that there are obviously certain species where this virus plays a role 
in that particular species. And so in order to survive in that species, part of the mechanism is to uh, suppress the uh, the, um, the immune system so that it, it survives. And, um, I'm, you know, I don't know a real lot about viruses, but if we look at, say, bacteria, um, if it, the same sort of applies to us in the case of food poisoning bacteria that have evolved. And, of course, the viruses are going to be evolving as well because where you can get the transfer of little bits of DNA from uh, one virus to another or from bacteria and so forth. In, um, so we get this transfer of DNA that can occur, and this is part of sort of microevolution in a way, but it uses pre-existing codes. So if I use the example in, in bacteria, we can have the normal healthy bacteria that we take in survive the acid in our stomach Mm-hmm. And uh, which would normally knock out a lot of bad bacteria. And so they have acid resistance genes and so they get through into our digestive system. Now, most really bad toxic bacteria are destroyed by the acid in our stomach. But what can happen is we can have a transfer of acid resistance genes from a good bacteria into a bad bacteria, a bacteria that's carrying a toxin. And that bacteria now can survive our um, our first defence system and get into us and cause problems. And that's how some of the really dangerous um, E. coli, um, you know, E. coli uh, bacteria that are now food poisoning because we have lots of E. coli bacteria in us that are harmless, but there are certain ones that carry toxin and now they have acquired the genes to resist acid and survive in us. So it's the same sort of thing with the um, with the viruses as well, and that's why the this COVID uh, back, uh, virus is, is so harmful. In that, I uh, it would seem, from comparison with the SARS, that it suppresses the immune system. Okay, so that when when you look at this, and you've been talking here a little bit about uh, microevolution, um, and these viruses are obviously changing along with these bacteria. Is this an evolution, is this a process of evolution where, and, and you did touch on it very briefly, but I w- would wondering if you can come back and talk a little bit more about it, where new information is being created, new organisms are being created that are superior to the organisms before them by a process of natural selection, um, and that these bacteria could then you know, continue to evolve into more advanced life forms. Do we have any evidence for something like that happening? Oh no! Well, back to, uh, viruses aren't viruses aren't alive, so they're not going to evolve anything more. But what we need to understand is that it's all using pre-existing code. So it's all sort of like uh, what's happening is the pre-existing code has been used to make some new functions that are now out of their ideal environment, and they've been transferred um, to that. Um, to that new environment where they're not meant to be in, uh, usually by something that they're not meant to do. Now, if we take the, you know, the, these viruses that, for example, are believed to come from bats or animals that eat bats, the thing is that these are foods that humans were not meant to eat. And if we hadn't have ate those, um, uh, sort of animals or, t- and, or, then we wouldn't have the problem. And mm. so the way I see it is that God's guidelines for food are very interesting. Now, I have heard one uh, particular 
medical doctor say, and I, I haven't checked this and followed up in the literature, but say that the the animals that God permitted us to eat um, don't usually carry um, you know viruses that can pass to, to humans. So that's that's quite quite interesting. Whereas the unclean animals, God probably knew that they were unclean and they would have viruses in their systems that could pass to to humans. Um, and I guess the same in the Levitical law after touching a dead animal to, to wash yourself. So I would say that these viruses have been around for a long time. They're part of the ecosystem of those particular animals. But when they get into something different, they're extremely harmful. It's sort of like in, in Tasmania when the uh, pulp ships um, were coming down to uh, take out the wood chips, they used to carry a water ballast. Now, in that water ballast, they carried down a Japanese starfish came. And now that Japanese starfish was released um, in the Tasmanian waters. And as a result, that particular starfish thrived in the Tasmanian waters and destroyed the scallop industry in Tasmania. I know scallops are unclean too, but the, the bottom line is here, it totally turned the uh, some of the ocean floor around uh, Hobart and the east coast of Tasmania into a desert. And it was such an aggressive starfish, it's even cannibalistic, it's not enough food to eat you know, itself, each the species, own species. So this shows, you know, as you take a species out of its environment where it lives in its control, put it somewhere else, and it can do a lot of damage. Mm. John, just very quickly, um, we talk about the biome and now also the virome, so that there are beneficial bacteria, beneficial viruses. Do we have, I mean, we've obviously seen lots of viruses that have developed that have been dangerous to us, do we have record of new viruses coming along that have added new and better uh, outcomes for human beings? Well, sure. Uh, scientists have used um, viruses to develop helpful back vaccines. Um, I know of that example. Um, I mean, as I said, I'm not a, I don't know a real lot about viruses, uh, you know, just the basic stuff like I've talked about. Um, but no, certainly viruses have been involved in um, genetic engineering, particularly to fight diseases. Um, and they've been uh, used to, um, yeah, to develop, um, uh, well, I, yes, mainly in, in medicine, I suppose. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that, well, another example would be um viruses were being used to protect plants that may have been wiped out by funguses, for example. So, for example, um, there was, uh, I don't know whether you remember reading about quite, quite a number of years ago now, but the uh, native chestnut trees in America were almost wiped out by a fungus. And those trees that survived were found to have a particular virus that protected the trees. So this is, you know, um, that's you know, just one example that um, you know that I can think of. So there we we're, there we see that a virus has played an important role in protecting those trees against a fungus that was was killing them. So it's all part of this balance. It's extremely complicated, and I think the bottom line is that it's fascinating in that it confirms the biblical account, particularly in Leviticus 11, there where it talks about. Um, 
the um, the foods that God wanted us to eat. Absolutely. And after the Friday, they were, we were permitted to eat some meat without the blood, and um, and those were only from certain certain animals. Dr. John Ashton, thank you so much for joining us. We're uh, out of time, but that was uh, amazing information. This is The Welcome Wagon.
team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your community, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Keep in touch with vulnerable members of your community like grandparents or new mothers and see if there's something you can do to help them with simple things like picking up some groceries, collecting the mail or dropping off some meals. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone living in isolation or quarantine. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.